footy and Frothies, Daggy and Barney are back to, well, we'll talk about whatever it is that happened last night and uh, preview round, uh, what are we up to, 17 of National Rugby League? That's been a long day. How are you, David? That's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Just uh, finished up cooking dinner, so ready to rip into this and talk about the, the demolish demolishment of New South Wales once again at Suncorp Stadium and then get on to um, what looks like a pretty interesting round of footy. It is interesting round of footy ahead, but uh, as you said, we'll kick off. Oh, actually, we'll knock over the news because there's a breaking story today. Des Hasler is coaching the Titans now, apparently which came as news to Justin Holbrook and came as news to Mal Meninga as well. <laughs> but uh, he's out of a job, effective immediately. And uh, the assistant coach, whose name just escapes me, apologise, uh, I did read it earlier, uh, 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 will take over the rest of the year and Desi's going to come in pre-season. Uh, I guess the writing had been on the wall, but it's not like they'd been getting flogged the last couple. No, they've been in... Um... It's probably part of the reason he may have got sacked, to be honest. They've been in a lot of games this year and oh, yes. let go of some pretty good leads uh, where the, the spot on the table would be completely different if they'd uh, held on to a few of those games. Even half of them would be halfway through the, the top eight, I would imagine, if they'd won half of those games that they've blown 15, 20, you know, 14, 20 point leads in. Um, the thing I like about this is nobody knew about it. So yeah. once there were some negotiations done by a club and it was kept, you know, within their house and not even a whisper of it was going on uh, in the background. So well done to the Titans. It's uh, pretty professional to do that kind of stuff these days and not have the world hear about it before mm. you actually announce what's going on. From both parties as well. Uh, from Obviously, yeah. Desi and his So I guess we'll see what he brings to the table. He's got a – there's enough talent in that squad where they should be uh, in and around the eight, I would say. So we'll see what he can bring to the table next year. Uh, Jake Avrilo's heading north as well. He's off to the Dolphins for three years is the other, I guess, big signing news. Uh, so they continue to shore up the stocks here. Again, I'm not quite sure where he plays, given uh, who's there now and that they've got Herbie coming as well in the centres. Uh, we'll wait. Yeah, it looks like he might be a backup job. Well, they've got Cody Nicarima as well. So. Uh, yeah. got, got some stocks there now. Again, we'll see what that brings. Uh, and Parramatta have shored up, much to the rejoicement of all their fans, Josh Hodgson for another year. Uh, Dejan Arcee, Bailey Simonson and Matt Dory all have extended their current stay. Uh, Sonny Luke has done to 2025 as well. I guess that's that. Uh, out of, I haven't Before seen... all the Parra fans go and burn down the club, um, I'm pretty sure that Hodgson was a was an option in his favour. I don't think the club went out of their way to extend him, but <laughs> they sort of didn't have any other options but extend him when he decided to take up his options. So we'll see what that brings, as you, as you like to say. Um, Dejan Arcee obviously shores up the rest of the season there with Dylan Brown still questionable on what's going on there and um, seems like a pretty decent backup half option for them in the future. Um, yeah. The rest of it, Sonny Luke was probably always going to stay at Penrith. I'm not sure if he is the, the full-time option at the moment. They seem to be going away from him a little bit at present. So, If he's happy, he's happy. I suppose he has, I don't think he's necessarily knocking the door down to be offered hundreds of thousands of dollars at other clubs just yet. So uh, that is what it is. And uh, judiciary news, that all the handbags at 10 paces at full-time last night, they all got fined. So no times surprised Fox didn't get a week. Yes. Uh, I imagine if he actually connected. Just because he didn't connect in the middle of the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty poor punch that ended up hitting the neck and the shoulder. But um, just the act of throwing a, throwing a punch, I'm pretty sure it served a week. But. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't argue with you about it. We've seen, we've seen worse, cop it. Yeah. Uh, but fines for the rest of them, for better or worse, um, whatever. Well, uh, who cares? Bit of uh, stupidity. It really, yeah. Realistically, it only let the Queenslanders laugh at us for a little bit longer <laughs> before the times. By that stage, I was laughing at us, so it didn't matter. Uh, we, we may as well get stuck into that. Any other news that you had up your sleeve? No, pretty much. You touched on everything that I've heard last day or two. 
And uh, Ben Hunt's going to play this week, so whatever's happening there is uh, going to happen in the background. Apparently he's not going to let the boys down, so good on him. 32-6, State of Origin last night. Uh, the Queenslanders looked an entirely better, better coached, fitter, more athletic, stronger, tougher football team than what New South Wales produced. Uh, what did the stats say, Barn? Six tries to one, four out of six conversions played one out of one for New South Wales. 82% completion played 73% for New South Wales. Seven line breaks for Queensland, two for New South Wales. 34 tackle busts played 42. Eight offloads to 13. 300 plus kick metres for Queensland, which is something I've been mentioning the last couple of series, to be honest. One forced dropout from both sides. 357 tackles played 319. A couple of intercepts for Queensland. 12 errors apiece. Eight penalties conceded to two, one ruck infringement to two, one inside the 10 against Queensland. Send off from both sides for um, pretend headbutts and a send in for, for uh, a really horrible punch. Uh, that's about all I've got there. I didn't know super coach for these guys. Did you know, Bun, if social media was to be believed, two forward passes cost New South Wales this game? You're rough, hey? <laughs> New South Wales probably should have been leading at half time um, with all the opportunities they had and they just couldn't crack them. Other than that, the second half they were completely and utterly dominated from you know, like New South Wales held their own in the middle and probably even were better in the middle of the field at times, but they didn't go there enough. They they go one one or two and then they just start shifting the ball across the line out to the edges without any um, change of direction, any sleight of hand. And it was just basically catch and pass till it got to the centres or the winger and they were expected to do it on their own. Whereas you saw with Queensland, there was a lot of uh, angled running back in behind the ruck. There was uh, cross plays when the ball did start moving across the back line. There was players providing second and third different running options, which as I bang on about every week, that's what pulls defences apart. And there was very little, if any at all, from New South Wales. We've now, we may as well uh, we may as well talk about New South Wales um, because we are. Uh, we've now seen 160 minutes of this series. Can you tell me after that what exactly New South Wales' plan was for those two games? There's always this excuse. Well, There's always, oh to... no, Tommy, I know this, but what it was to get it to Tommy and Latrell? Yeah, and well, the, it doesn't Latrell help. Latrell didn't play the game, and Tommy is busted. Like I could not tell you how what style of football they were planning to play. They weren't trying to, uh, they weren't trying to be aggressive through the middle. They weren't, as you said, they weren't trying to hit a certain edge player. Uh, they weren't trying to dominate the ruck. They just like it was like, oh, we've got a better team. We'll be sweet, and they did. Yeah, we'll just get it to the guys that'll do one on one stuff, which was Tommy and Latrell, and uh, they'll beat they'll beat their player one on one, and they'll score their tries themselves. That's basically what it looked like for. Both games for the entirety of the game. Yeah. Whereas you saw Queensland would continually, you'd, you'd have Mo followed by Pat, followed by um, Tino, and one of them would be angling back in the ruck from a, a wider angle to really compress that defence. And then you get out, as soon as the ball got out to Munster, you'd have a second rower dropping on his inside. You'd have a centre holding up and you know, sort of either crossing back inside or closing, closing the, the gap between Munster to... Um, pull the defence away from the winger or he would angle out towards the wing and then the, the winger would drop under. There was just so many different sleight of hands and different changes of tact when the ball went through the back through the hands in the back line where you saw basically New South Wales ran straight ahead, straight at their opponent, just passed the ball to the guy on his right or on his left. Did, interesting about this. Now, surely if you're thinking on the fly, if you're forced, you're obliged to end, um, yeah, obviously for those who didn't see the game, but sure everyone listening to this did. Tommy went down the first couple of minutes. Uh, Damien Cook spent the game at centre, which for better or worse is what happened, uh, especially when you've got blokes like Yo and Murray who have played on an edge yeah, of more than capably could have done it. <laughs> uh, what, if you're going to have two hookers on the game for eight minutes, why wouldn't you just attack the ruck? Keep hammering. Bang, 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 bang. Well, that's what I absolutely thought the plan would be going yeah. into this game, having the two hookers, obviously – Tommy Treboya biscuit went down in the first couple of minutes. The, the blokes had more injuries than I've had. <laughs> I've had late dinners in the last couple of years. Seriously, the four bastards cannot stay on the field for more than three or four weeks in a row. But um, 
as soon as you drag uh, Cook out into the centres, that negates that game plan altogether in the middle of the field. You're no longer able to have the two hookers sniping in and around the ruck. And they didn't even really try to do it, to be honest. Um, Robson's pass selection was questionable at times, especially down in the red zone for New South Wales. He seemed to be looking for a forward to crash over just about every time he touches the ball with dummy half. Yeah. Didn't, didn't really look out the back uh, a hell of a lot which um, yeah, really dulled the, the attacking play of New South Wales as well. So, um, why Murray or Yo wasn't the centres and Cook pushed back to the bench or even back to the middle of the field got me completely dumbfounded. I have no no understanding of why that would happen. Yeah, yeah. You could, have, you could have set up to have Cook and Murray just rolling and Robson just sniffing around behind. You could have had Tedesco on the back of that. Uh, you could have had all three of them. You could have Yo and Murray in the middle. <laughs> like just having a complete triple team. Uh, but anyway, none of that Two happened. games in a row. Last year as well, the Queensland winger and centres made a point of uh, coming in and putting shots on the, the halves and the centres for New South Wales. How many times do you see them kicking behind the line? Like as soon as that stuff starts happening, that's what clever halves have to start doing. Yeah. The, the gates, they can't do it. If you start dropping the ball in back in behind where they were, where they're coming from, shooting out of the line to try and get you before you can get the pass away, They've got no they've got no option the next the second, third, and fourth time. They have to hold back that little bit because otherwise they get burned on the outside with Toto or Crichton running in behind and picking up the ball and scoring. <laughs> you only saw the one little grubber in, in behind and it was from Moses for himself and it almost came up with something. It was yeah. actually a bit of spark that you wouldn't have expected out of um, New South Wales over the last couple of years because they just don't do it. But why why there's not little the little chip over the over the centre that's charging at you or the grubber along the ground was another thing that I was screaming at the telly for for a good 60 minutes of this game. The two series now, they've basically shut down New South Wales halves by doing exactly that, just shooting in off the, off the edges and getting them before they've got any time to get the ball out to the centres and the wingers. Yeah. It's... It, it just reeks of... Um, like, I don't... I don't know if they would have had a plan for Cook had he come on apart from giving Robson a rest. Like, I don't yeah. think there's ever a plan for, for that sort of, to extend that spine uh, and maybe take the pressure off the halves in that way. Uh, that all being said, I, I don't want to knock Mitchell Moses. I thought he was he was, he was almost good in this game, I would suggest. Uh, yeah. He uh, he was the most likely of all the attacks. The kicking game was, was pretty spot on most of the way through uh, without busting it, you know, without leading to points. But his long kicking was, was good. Uh, I would say... Pound for pound, he was better than what Cleary bought in game one. Uh, and I assume we won't see Jerome Luai in game three. But um, if they pick Moses again, that's – I hope they do – if they've gone this far, I hope they do give him one more chance uh, and don't just suddenly bring Reynolds in for the sake of teaming with Cody no, Walker. I agree but, with that as well. Um, uh, another way that you can stop that um, jam in defence is have your fullback set up on the inside of your yeah. halfback. So when they charge in, you can drop him back under or you can – Give him a short ball to go back and back out and around into that spot where the defenders come from. I just don't understand with the guys that have played that much footy in the box how how those guys can't see that kind of stuff and get that message down to the players on the field. Yeah, especially at half time. But Tedesco's made a career of doing exactly that. Anyway, doesn't compute. Uh, 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 Queensland weren't awesome either. Know what I mean? But no. they were good. Queens, they weren't the difference is Queensland, Queensland executed, yeah. or it's, I think by the end they were. They took by the end they were. They took just about every opportunity that they were given. And New South Wales, every time the ball seemed to get out past the halves, had no idea what to do. But Crichton was okay and drew a couple of players and made a couple of options once yeah. or twice. But Cook was a shambles out on that left hand side. He really once the ball got to him, it died. One bounced off his face, a couple went behind him, a couple yeah. went in front of him. He slapped one into touch, I think. And and for the record, I, I just touch. I just want to be on record saying I thought da uh, Damien Cook tried out, as hard as he possibly could yeah, in the situation absolutely. presented to him. And probably, yeah. I'd say, did in defence did as well as he could have done. But yeah. uh, no, but in so defence... They, they were completely left posted out there. Yeah, but, but guess right. what? The other coach went, hmm, there's a massive big gaping hole we can exploit and then proceeded yeah. to exploit it for 75 minutes. There's a five-foot centre out there that we could maybe kick over the top of constantly. Yeah. 
and have the big guys come and jump over. <laughs> and based on the evidence we've seen for the last two seasons, if the shoe was under the foot, I'd be dubious that New South Wales would change a game plan. Then they've only had one game plan for a couple of years. Yeah, I just don't get it, and it's always that. There's, ever since that what, that game where they blew Queens out off the park with Tommy and the trail, just absolutely killing it. They basically just played to that position on the field, and that's all they do. They just go through the motions in the middle, and then they play like there was no really chanting of offloads until very late in the game. There was no no real opportunities that came off any second phase play. Especially when you think like, just how much Borlo loves second phase plays or Payne, how, how much, like surely yeah. it's not hard to get Payne asked to have that first hit up and just have the, the and just create the same thing we see from. Look, Brisbane I think they everywhere. tried two or three in the first hour of the game. Like it's just, especially when things aren't going your way, you, you need a way to break up the defence. Queensland were happy to, like you saw how many times they kicked on the third tackle. Yeah. Third and fourth tackle, and just went, we'll just tackle these guys. They're not going to break our line because all they're doing is passing along the line. They just sat back. They come off their line slightly, and then they just slide once the ball started moving, or they jam in on the half and try to get him before he could get the ball out. Ultimately, more than happy to do it. Ultimately, as we prognosticated, um, perhaps Damien Burt, not Damien, Matthew Burton would have been somewhat handy in this situation. But anyway, uh, I'd say he would have done, <laughs> would have been the perfect guy to slot in there mm. if it wasn't him. Campbell Graham. I'll but, come back. Yeah. I'll come back to what's next for them soon because um, I think we we do need to actually spend some time on Queensland because they were but we'll just find the New South Wales. I just want to make the point. I don't think like none of them were all outright terrible. They individually they all played a solid, fine game of rugby league, but I don't think the pieces fit together. That was it individually. Yeah. And New South Wales had three or four absolute standout performances. Like, there was a couple of guys in this team, and the, the likes of Yo and Payne Haas and. Um, Cameron Murray, they had fantastic games. Well, Payne House was, was in one of the all time. Sixty minutes he was out there. Front row performances. Was enormous. He was incredible, and and late in the game, the only bloke trying to drag him back into the game. Um, he played a bit more direct and was actually um, quite effective with his ball in hand, and he tackled everything to move. Payne House, there was three or four times where it was that sort of scramble effort area mentality, and he was the only jersey in the picture. There was four or five yeah. Queensland jerseys around the place, and the only New South Wales one was Payne Hars. Well, yeah, the one that the kicker from um, that led to the hammer try. Kualangi. He, uh, yeah. he was the only one in the photo. If that happened at the other end, as I've said in the first game, there would have been five Queenslanders on that. Talk about kicked on the arse. What a perfect bounce. Yeah, I know. Straight back I know. to hammer. But, <laughs> um, the opposite direction of Payne Hars, straight back to hammer. But yeah, get he, that when you're on top and rolling over people. Um, as for Queensland, they. They just executed better. Their outside backs all looked fantastic. We're allowed to, but they yeah, still had to do the job. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I thought Nanai just brought some physicality, which we don't usually see from him. Big impact when he came on. Um, he was fantastic. He busted holes. He hit. He put a couple of nice big hits on people. Stopped in their tracks. He looked like uh, he looked like a different player we'd seen earlier in the year. Uh, and everyone else looked great as well. Lindsay Collins, his defensive effort both games, just holding together that middle of the field. Being on, being on bouncing balls, game. stopping it's blokes, a, chopping a, them the down. New day guy. Catching, catching bouncing Jersey balls. plays four oh. times better than what he does for the rest. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Um, he was in everything. And I don't, like you normally see missed tackles and give away silly penalties and stuff. I think he gave away one early, but he was fantastic. Again, the two games in a row where he's been close to their best forward on the field. Yep. Um, um, as you said, all the outside backs look really good. Um, there was a, the two that probably stood out the most was Coates because there was obviously a, a plan there to make sure that it was, it was kicked to him consistently and as he had the, um, the aerial advantage as he does pretty much every game he ever plays. And um, I thought Tuolangi did some really nice, really nice things. He had a nice finish there, the, the kick back for the hammer try, as you mentioned. But um, even he put on a couple of really nice shots. Another try saver he pulled off with um, Crichton, just pulled him up that half a metre to half a metre. Well, not even you know, 100 mil from the line and held the ball up so he couldn't get it down onto the line. But he's fantastic again. Uh, Hammer, his physicality during the game was great as well. I just, um, I know yeah. obviously his pace and footwork's his strength, Hammer, but he got involved, he defended, defended in the line fantastically. Uh, and DC, uh, he was just, uh, that was as good a captain's knock as you'll see. Uh, Walsh wasn't 
wasn't at his electrifying best, yeah. but again, just chimes in at the right time. And every time he does it, he does it extremely well. Um, yeah, DC DC's kicking game was a big part of the difference, especially early in this game when they were in trouble. He just reef it downfield, kick it 60, 70 metres every time down yeah. into the corner and just turn them around. Um, but his support play was great. Nice He's, but running what, raids as well. Yeah, well, yeah. he ended up. It ended up being he. He was doing a lot of that dummy half double team, um, making meters yep. out of there when it needed. To an edge, uh, any support play, like, there's no better Arrogant. support halfback through the middle of the field, and he he was on show there. And that fucking that chase where he pulled Crichton down. He's another one who just seems to... Like, he was always good at club, but he just seems to have that extra half a year when when they pulled his jersey off. Oh, he's now rubber-stamped the best representative half we've got, even after the World Cup. Looks that way. Far and away. Uh, But And and he allows Munster and Walsh to only have to chime in when they need to, and they're two pretty scary blokes. Munster was a little bit quiet, but still... Ran a lot more than game one, but still, he didn't need to blow the game open. Uh, anyone else did touch on the rest or did their job? The bench was good too. Mo was, was quite good for his half hour. Flegler was too. Oh, you didn't mention Tino, who's someone oh, I probably yeah. wanted yep. to mention. He was, again, was very physical and did a lot of clean-up, a lot of that mop-up work in the middle of the field. Um, thought he had a fantastic game. And the two outstanding forwards of mine were Carrigan and Cotter. Mm. Cotter, again, just made his up, up near 50 tackles again, I think it was, and he, he gets through his 100 metres. Um, Carrigan... Again, made 30-odd tackles with only a couple of misses and um, 120 metres, I think it was. But a couple of those runs were really instrumental in getting the team on the front foot, especially the, the offload to DCE that basically set up the try of the next tackle where they go and explore in the, in the opposite corner um, at the back end of the first half. And, uh, yeah, he was he was another one that was close to the best in the field. Yeah. The only thing, and this is only a, a nitpicking sort of knock, I'd love to see him close to the line he plays very – he just shovels it on a lot. I love him, like, just burrow yeah. and have a crack himself. Like, like you know, he'd get a try, basically. <laughs> like, through, through the middle, he's always – he gets through his work so well, but he never really straightens up Absolutely. about 10 metres out. So I'd love to see him just, you know, try and uh, burrow through at some point. It'll just add another element to his game. Uh, but all – yeah, up and down that whole Queensland team, they, they were all fantastic. Yeah, and we didn't even mention Harry Grant. He didn't have a huge impact on the game, but he got out and did a couple of nice little runs there that caused a few problems for New South Wales. Ben Hunt, again, another one who just did his job and just sort of faded into the background, but did not make a mistake at all, sorry or not. Um, Val Holmes, we probably glossed over him a bit. He had some really seriously good touches as well. So <laughs> there was, um, yeah, it was a Val was absolutely great. Val a was team great. against Val a team was, of individuals. Val was absolutely, I know he was, you know, had Damien Cook to toy with, but... He was his footwork was great. His kicking was impeccable, and um, his defence was more than solid as well. Uh, yeah, it, a couple of things because we'll move on. Like that's um, well, just quickly we'll knock over the va- voting. Who are you thinking here? Three, two, one. I had DCE. Yeah, and they gave Payne Haas the two, even though he's in a beaten side. I thought he was yeah, second best player on the field, and I had Carrigan. All right. the, the outside backs probably all took points off each I was going to say it's rough on Val and Hammer, but uh, all right, I want to re-mention Val Holmes, so we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> a couple of things. Well, firstly, if, a new, if, if the Australian team was being picked next week off this or at the end of this series, Reese Walsh is the Australian fullback. Yeah. That whole New South – the whole – Munster, DCE, Harry Grant, whole spines, Queensland. The whole spines, Queensland – the whole Ford pack yeah. is just about Queensland bar Payne Haas. Uh, Payne Haas, maybe Junior Paulo. It depends if you want to play the extra prop, but um, but you yeah. know if you had to play any of those reserve props off the bench, you're not you're not out of sorts, are you? And um, yeah, and Murray might get a spot on the bench. Yeah, he's probably on the that bench, and about that's about it. it. Yeah, and uh, and that back line, you can um, you'd have Trolls to fit, if Trolls fit, Trolls goes in, in. Yeah. and may well go in fullback to be honest, but. Uh, Charles, the only other one you'd even put in. Actually, and just like Adokar had a particularly average game, I thought, actually. About, I didn't really want to see him. Yeah, he touched the ball a couple of times. He, he used um, him as a battering ram. Yeah, he didn't 
wasn't given any opportunity to shine. And Luai was a, a passenger for a great part. Probably half scoots all night. Luai looked okay for about 15, 20 minutes. He actually looked a little dangerous. He was sort of dancing around in front of a few people. But as soon as Cook went out under that edge, he, had no, he didn't want to give Cook. Yeah. <laughs> noted by a couple that went three metres behind him and one that was rocketed straight into his face. <laughs> it got pretty ordinary out there. Yeah. We, um, he's, you know, he's more right about his Instagram after that. Uh, like where it. to for New South Wales? Because if you're looking it's at this. about tone deaf. Like, let's just mention that. Like yeah. an Instagram post. Like, yeah, if it's a shot at people that are sending me stuff on Instagram, obviously, probably maybe mention that in your post, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I know he's referring to idiots, but he's he's gone out of his way of um, gone out of his way to tell everyone basically sucking is all going to work and I'm going to do nothing tomorrow. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, it's just tone deaf. Like, it's not needed. It's I think a lot of people need to subscribe to the fact that when the season's on, just try to stay away from your fucking social media. I agree. It's uh, I have nothing more to add. Yeah, what am I going to say? You haven't already said. Where to for New South Wales? Because if you look through this team, firstly, yeah, they haven't essentially picked on form a great deal. Uh, no, this is, yeah. there, there's no one really. Uh, you'd have to really rack your brain to yes, start by picking plays in their position. I'd say, uh, but that said, it's only really Canberra Graham and maybe Cody Walker, who's the inform five eight in the comp, who should come yep. in. There's not really anyone knocking the door down to be here. No, not particularly. I'll suggest... Um, yeah, there's no one you can blood game through. You probably just send the same blokes out to cop it and Gail start maybe. fresh. Call Matungi probably deserves a spot. Call him a Matungi, I'd agree. At least a crack. I think they need to go and do, do the job now. Tell Freddie he's not needed for the game three. Bring a new coach in and go, all right, yeah, set up your team for next year. Yeah. And anyone that you think might be a, an outside option or someone that you're looking at, Bring the kid, bring Nico in. Um, you've had him in and around the squad. Bring Campbell Graham in. Bring anyone that's sort of been on the periphery for the last couple of years in to play this game three. Get them blooded, get them a taste. Basically, get the new coach to say, okay, mate, um, put your backbone together and, and anyone that you want to have a look at, get them out there and see what you can do. Yeah, get Baller in now. You got a free shot in game three and then start next year. Yeah, Baller, Tupo, and Stafford in for game three. Just get him in now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but definitely Campbell Graham. Fucking Campbell Graham's a World Cup winning centre. Like NRCG, I suppose, is the only other other one you'd yeah, obviously you'd have in about there. Horse with turbo out. Sure. I'll give I'll give Teddy one more game as as you know skipper. Thank you for that. But otherwise, like it's time to get Latrell to fullback yeah. as well and just get him Probably. get him going. Um, any coaches come to mind? Well, I was originally thinking maybe um, Hasler because he was outside of the <laughs> outside of the NRL. So they seem to like to go that way now. The players are they don't have coaching. Uh, they're not coaching in the NRL. Not really. Um, anyone you can think of off the top of your not head? Not really. The only one. Has... You want to go back to someone like Sticky, who's really all about passion and bringing that aggression and fight. All that kind of stuff back into this team. What about Madge? Kiwi coach? Um, unless you're outside the boat, unless you go, go and get, you may as well go get freaking Fletch and Heine to do it at this stage. Like, I, don't, yeah. I, I can't think of any, or Maddie Johns. Because uh, John. like even going, well, Andrew's there, and this thing, Andrew Johns is, is an assistant coach. He's in the box with yeah, him. Yeah, but they might. Well, it, it, yeah, but it's the same what result. What I can take from it, it's, it's Freddie a, and Alexander. But if you go and get Gus Gould, he's only going to keep Freddie and John's around the team. It's this whole boys' club through the whole thing. Like unless you start again outside the box, I don't know what other result they expect. Paul McGregor, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You have the Dragons going pretty well up until the Bellin ended up uh, with the no fault stand down, and they sort of fell apart there. Yeah, yeah. McGregor might not be the worst shout. Or a Jim Dimmick or someone. See what they do. Yeah, Jim Dimmick. Um, who was the Bulldogs front rower that was around for a little while and got shafted? What about um, 
Well, he's a bit late now, but someone like a Jason Rolls might have been worth the, the roll of the dice. Yeah. Who was the, the big front rower for the dogs that got sharp? Dean Hay? Yeah. Maybe even someone like a Dean Hay? No, yeah. The problem is none of them have really, you know, Nathan, Nathan Brown, Brett Kamali, yeah. you know, none of them have exactly covered themselves in glory since, have they? The world of fire? No, absolutely. They might be waiting for uh, Bellamy to retire. The answer is a pineapple because we don't have one. <laughs> exactly. And I assume they don't either, which is... Can we clone Billy and put him in a blue jersey? <laughs> uh... It's just... It's... Oh, man, I, I can't... How meticulous that bloke seems to plan out every part of everything they do. <laughs> and he's able to adapt on the fly. He's only been here for two series, but... They, I don't... He's never been outcoached in any game that he's played so far that I can see. No. Even the games that New South Wales have won, it hasn't been because the you know, Queensland would, were beaten with better tactics or anything like that. That's right. And there's no – um, and, yes, he's lucky enough to have Cam Smith and Jonathan Thurston and whoever else around, but in theory, cool. so does um, so does Freddie. Like. Everybody in the world you hear, hear you talk about him, though, says he's the most yes. meticulous, well-thought-out, well-game-planned, well-managed uh, coach running around the planet. Basically, Bellamy in a in a footballer's body. <laughs> and more power to him. I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, it seems I, I know that he was their ultimate goal, but Rolls is there now. But um, I'd love to see him go to Clubland and be and see what he brings to the table there as well. Yeah, yeah. But it'd probably be five or six years down the track from now. I would imagine. But they can legit <laughs> win. They can legit win the next five or six series because this team's only apart from DCE, who Absolutely. could probably play in a dinner suit they're anyway. Twenty three, twenty four. They're going to get better. They're all going to get better. Like who's it? apart? Like I said, DCE's thirty five. Max Bell, who's what twenty seven? Yeah. Twenty six. Rest of them are all twenty two, twenty three. <laughs> And what starts um, happening, as we saw with the Paul Gallon era, the, the the New South Wales guys existing now, they're already scarred. Like, the you start trauma. carrying the, yeah. the battle scars. Yeah, like, that, you know, Farrah and Gallon carried for all those time, all that time. Uh, and co. Yeah. Uh, you... And they get an actual combination. Like, even though they only play three games a year, they know, you know, once you've played in those type of, you know, the best of the best games with the best players around you, You've done it two or three times with the same guy on your left and the same guy on your right. You know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. You know the way they're going to defend. You know the way they're, what they're thinking, the way that they want to set up for attack. And you saw it through the dynasty with Queensland when they they, they just continually toyed with themselves last years. Yeah. And they got Flegler up their sleeve already, who's won an origin. Uh, and others, you know, others around the periphery, Horsburgh, Capewell, Kafusi's older. He's not going to be forever, but if they needed him, he's there. It's, um, New South Wales do have a team to compete with them, but it's, it's gone completely wrong this year. And half of us did. So. All things us. being, yeah, right now, and and this is, they've created their own monster in that they're relying on Latrell Mitchell to carry him, and he hasn't been there. Uh, and if they are going to win Game Three, he'll need to be there because this will be a rinse and repeat if they don't. Uh, anyway. Uh, we'll wait and see you next year. I hope they, I hope they back Latrell and just say, right, okay, we'll be the team around you. You're the one, and let's build forward. Yep. And get, and if that means Walker, if that means whoever oh, Walker's are getting on, but I don't like it, again. There's not New South Wales halves knocking the door down. Moses nope. doesn't offend me. So anyway, anything else from Origin? No. Nope. I guess we'll get to round seventeen. About a couple of weeks from now. Exactly, and we'll uh, have the same chat in about three weeks. Uh, Probably. You want to plow into this? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. Round 17 kicks off with the, just quickly, who's got the buyer? The Tigers. Sharks. Sharks. The Dogs all coming off the buy this week. And for, we kick off tomorrow night with just the one game at 8 p.m., which is the Dragons hosting the Warriors. As I said, Ben Hunt is there because he won't let the boys down. He'll be back up. I, I'm treating, by the way, everyone that's named is going to play because that's what happened last time, and they all were pretty fucking good. So Some of the other ones that were on the bench came in as well. So. Yeah, so I assume we're going to get full-strength teams here. Uh, for the Dragons, 
Jaden Sullivan stays in the halves uh, with Ben Hunt at seven. He'll play. Jack DeBell and Jack Bird are both back, and they come into the forward pack as big ins. Warriors don't have any rep players, and they've got an unchanged team <laughs> with uh, Luke Metcalf remaining. No, they don't because Mitch Barnett's uh, out, but Metcalf stays in at 5'8", and they get uh, Dylan Walker back at 14 in place of uh, aforementioned Barnett. Who else is there? Like, they've got a few rep players. They're just not the state of Oregon players. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, how are uh, we starting this? Is there any hope for these Dragons? Not likely. Uh, they, they need to. I think they really need to rely on their outside backs if they're going to try and get away with this one. Maybe some early kicks, turn them around, and get the likes of uh, Suli and Ravalawa down there, put shots on people, hoping that they spill the ball when they're cleaning it up, and then get some possession that way. Uh, and early shifts to the edges to maybe hopefully catch out some of these outside backs for the Warriors, but. I don't think they go anywhere near matching this forward pack in the middle of the field, even excluding Barnett. Um, Development will work his backside off. So Jaden Sewer, as, they, as they've done, Bird and Laurie, like they're, they're all workers, but they, they don't have the size and the skill of some of these guys in this, this Warriors lineup and the likes of Tolu Harris. Fanua Blake, um, Ford's gone to another level this year. The likes of Karen and Walker coming off. Off the bench, you had. Footwork and speed in and around the ruck, I think they get um, would get pretty well handled by the end of this game. The Dragons, they will. I'm gonna. I don't have much more to add. You've summed that up well. They're gonna. They're bigger. They're stronger. They're more skillful. And what I like that we've seen from now is that they started out building. They spent ten weeks building their base, which was get their defence right, get their their forward pack right, and now they're putting points on top of it. Now Sean Johnson's really in his pomp. Uh, and this will be 13 plus. I think this could be uh, some entertaining viewer till, viewing till later in the night because um, this out, these outside backs might end up bullying some of the ones that have mistakes in them on the other team as well. I'm going to say first try scorer, Dallin, he's in red hot form, as we've said. Uh, he'll keep going here. Uh, and man of the match will be actually going to go with Luke Metcalf. Hope with a bit of confidence up, hopefully he gets now third and fourth up. He can uh, really put on a show and... Uh, so we saw we see the best of him here. Final word? Yeah, 13 plus Warriors. I think Dragons might hold them until sort of the back end of the game, but I think the last 15 minutes it'll be when the Warriors really cash in with a couple of late tries. Sean Johnson, man of the match, he's been in very best form, realistically, for the bloke who's had the highlights, won the gold boot, uh, all the rest of that kind of stuff. He's... um. It's putting him close to a Dally Hemp performance this year, to be honest, uh, some of the games that he's played. And I'm going to go for Noah Blake, first try scorer. He's, I think he's close. Uh, he was their leading try scorer. I'm not sure if he still is. He'd be close to it. He loves that crash over yeah. play nice and early in the match through the middle. This stinks of uh, a juicy multi-opportunity, this game, the more I think of it, but we'll get back to that. The Dolphins kick off the Super Saturday at Sunshine Coast, hosting the Eels. Sean O'Sullivan is on an extended bench. Uh, as I can only see an update, and I've lost my team sheet. Where's it gone? There it is. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan is on an extended bench uh, with uh, Brenko Lee going out for injury. Valance Deware starts in the centres, uh, who has been more than serviceable in the limited minutes he's played. Kafusi's back. Uh, Josh Kerr makes his club debut off the bench. And Braden McGrady makes his NRL debut at winger. Now, what happened to the other winger they had? Bostock, was it? We haven't seen him at all. Yeah, haven't seen him. Crushed. No. And um, what's his name? Uh, Tessie. Is he injured? And uh, Tessie must be injured. Yeah, he's out. But I've, I don't have notes on why. Oh, yeah, he was hobbling around at the back. Last game. And for the Parramatta Eels, Moses is named to start. Sean Lane is back on in... Where is he? Where's he gone? Under windy Queensland now. Imagine that's your McGrady's. I think it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Sean Lane's on an extended bench, I should say. So we could see him start. And Wacker Blake is as well. But I don't think. imagine there's going to be too many changes from a team that performed so well last week. Uh, Brendan Hands. I think so, but... 
the only hooker. Four forwards on the bench. Joe Offengawe, Madison, Makatoa, and Ogden. Uh, yeah, which I imagine will push Davey back to the bench and offer Hickey Ogden out of the side. Makatoa. Oh, Makatoa. Uh, any hope here for the Dolphins? Can, is a week off enough to revive their hopes? I think it'll be close. Um, I think they needed the week off, uh, as we mentioned, the, the last couple of games coming into this one. Um, you wouldn't want to back them off their, their form the last couple of games that they've played, to be honest. But um, I think it'll be a, another one that's kept really close. I, I think this might come down to the bounce of the ball at the back end of this game, to be honest. Um, a little more structure and um, continuity in this Parramatta side, especially around uh, the halfback. I think it might just provide a, a, a little bit more stability for this side and a bit more of a, um, a game plan to get them into the positions they need to be. Nick Arima has been had, has had the hot hand for them recently too. So for the Dolphins, I would expect that I think you might see a pretty high-scoring game in this one. I'm thinking 20-plus for each side. Um, and I don't think you'll know I don't think you'll know the winner until probably the last 10 to 15 minutes of this game. Maybe less. No, nah, I'm going power 13-plus. I was going to say something similar, but uh, I think I think the Dolphins put on a more spirited display, but I think that the damage has been done now for them this year. Uh, and now Parra are, are getting stronger with Sean Lane back in as well. Yeah. Uh, and they've got some big Ks into the, some of those bench legs, like Madison's now you know got the engine purring. Uh, Joffa has been good all season, to be honest. Um, so they start, they've That's definitely got a, a good forward pack. So... Uh, I'm going to go them 13 plus Gutho again, man, the match. And you mentioned Sean Johnson, but I'm just starting to feel, I think the Dalian might come down to Gutho and Sean Johnson. Uh, I think they, if I was thinking about this now, uh, and Payne House would have been a a name that was about to come out of my mouth. Thank you, David. Yeah. Sorry, mate. (laughs) First try scorer. Let's go with, uh, Will Penasini, some footwork, uh, Getting with the extra man play with Gutho just chiming in there as the extra body out on an edge. What are you thinking? Final thoughts there? I'm going to go with uh, Parramatta 1 and 12. As I said, I expect it to be quite a close game. I expect it to be very physical for at least the first 50 or 60 minutes of this game. Uh, I'm going to go with Jermaine Hopgood as man of the match. One a little bit out of the box, but like that gets through a ton of work. He's generally always in our thoughts when we're thinking about some of the best players on the field. And I, I can see his offload causing new problems, especially if he's running at the likes of Katoa and Nikarima on the edges, uh, being able to pop the pop the offload, maybe score one himself and set somebody else up with a nice offload and then add that to his 40 to 50 tackles and his 150 plus running metres. Go with him for man of the match and we'll go first try scorer. Let's be boring and go with um, Sivo. The Panthers host the Knights at Bluebet Stadium 5.30 uh, and all the Origin players are named for Penrith. I assume, as I've said, they'll all back up. Uh, Jack Hogg is still at seven. Moses Leader is back with Eisenhuth dropping out. Uh, should Isaiah Yo or some or Liam Martin or someone be rested, I assume, well, they've got to Eisenhuth, Hosking and Garner in those extended bench there. Marzu's back from his enforced holiday. Daniel Saifidi's back. Uh, Frizzell named. The rest is what you'd expect as well. They do have Kurt Mann and Matt Croker both on the bench, which does look a bit thin when you're playing Penrith. It does a little bit. I'd really be trying to convince um, Zaya to have a week off, to be honest. It was up to me. The bloke gets through so much work week in and week out. He's really due for a rest, to be honest. Um, Especially when you go, like it's not like play every. It's not like Zach Hosking's going to let anyone down, is he? No, that's right. He'll probably play every minute of every game, Origin Finals, and <laughs> for Penrith, and be good for the majority of them. So, um, it's a it's a funny one. Newcastle, at like their best, could be competitive and maybe even force an upset in this game. But how often are they at their at their absolute best? Uh, in a handful of times this year. They do seem their attack does seem to be a lot better than what it was early in the year. They do get some all that times during the year. They do get some nice ball to some of these outside backs who one on one can cause problems for their opposition. 
but I expect Penrith to basically strangle them out of the game by the end of it, uh, even if the likes of Lua and Sinyo um, don't back up. I'd be surprised if they don't. Um, as you mentioned, I can see Penrith death by a thousand cuts kind of thing come into this match. Uh, Penrith 1-12, bordering on 13+. plus. I think they may just kick it down a gear at the back end of the game and sort of ease through and to make it a comfortable one to 12. <clears throat> Man of the match. I think Liam Martin's due for a massive game. He's just, uh, he's come back from injury and he's been fantastic in every game. Um, but he seems to be getting really hot. Line. Knocking blokes over left, right and centre. And I can see him really causing some problems for some of this defence for Newcastle. I'd imagine he's going to target the likes of Gamble and Roman Best and Gay Guy out on those edges. Go with him for man of the match. And I'm going to go first try scorer. Let's go with Targo. They go. They like to go left there. And I'd imagine it's probably going to be to Aruba or Targo. Yeah. First try scorer and I'll go with Targo. I sort of agree with you. I'm, I'm going to go Penrith 1 to 12 because I think this would be very much let's get everyone through. Let's um, not do anything dumb. And they do spend... While not being as clinical as they've been a couple of years, they do spend a lot of time through the middle of games going through the motions, Banner. So I'm going to say that the Ford Pack's a massive, a massive, massive upside for them. Uh, I can't see them conceding more than 18 points. So I'm going to say it's sort of 20 to 18, uh, maybe 24, 18, but in a in a comfortable sort of manner, if that even makes any sense. Uh, Scott Sorensen, I'm going to go with a big game here. I think he's been fantastic yep. this year, uh, starting yeah, now. He's pretty brilliant. much earned the right to be starting on that edge. Uh, and I nearly want to tip him for the double with first try score. I can see him uh, about 10 minutes in his footwork causing concerns for um, the, the middle forwards there. But I'm, I'm actually going to go with Kalen Ponga first try. I can see okay. uh, perhaps either a run of play or some individual brilliance in a big game for Kalen. Uh, he's been quite good since he's back, and uh, fullback obviously suits. Can see maybe him sneaking one early or setting up Dom Young early. I think that's where the first points in the game come. The main event is the Storm and Seagulls. <laughs> on what? <laughs> no, I just found that very funny. The last Even game on Saturday is <laughs> the last game on Saturday is, is at Amy Park, and it is the Melbourne Storm against. Manly and uh, Melbourne Storm have everyone on board uh, at the moment. Uh, Josh Ollum's back, Coates, Munster, Grant, all named to back up. They should play. Nelson's at the moment named in the 12, could start in the middle with uh, Tarek Sims or Penne starting in the in the back row. But at the moment, uh, and Heisenhuth and Welsh, uh, the starting front row. DC named for Manly. Ruben Garrick is still in the centres. K.O. Week's still at fullback. And they look pretty much the same as the team that's now going to have to do this for the rest of the season, apparently, with Tommy Turbo doing some severe damage to his pack again. I will off last week last week's performance say DC is a massive help and will kick him out of trouble for a large chunk of this game. Uh, and I think their forward packs, if they turn up, which is uh, only a once in every three or four week proposition, uh, they can match this forward pack for a long period. But I think class prevails at the end. And uh, Hughes and Meany have been great for the last month. They'll continue to be great. I think uh, Munster will just chime in when he needs to, as will Harry. And uh, with all that being together, I think they still win probably 13 plus in the end. First try scorer. Uh, yeah, I'll stick with Meany again. He will. Uh, Perhaps a supporting play back through the middle there, turning those forwards around and he'll score. Man of the match, Jerome Hughes, uh, for all the reasons said above. Fun. Yeah, I'm going with you. I'm going 13 plus for the Storm. I think this will be something in the vicinity of 30 to 12, 30 to 14, something like that. Um, I think Manly will be a little bit better in attack this week, but their biggest problem in the last couple of weeks has been it's their defence and it's been not just in the middle or just out on the edges. It's been both at times, especially last week. They got carved up in every which way you possibly think of. Uh, and some of these outside backs for Melbourne in the likes, as you said, of Meany, Warbrick is in fantastic form. Xavier Coates could cause serious problems for the Manly side. I'm going to go Xavier Coates first try scorer. And I'm going to go with Harry 
building nicely coming off Origin. Same with Xavier Coates to give him a big boost going into this match, I would imagine. And I can see Harry causing all sorts of problems. If Manly defend the way they did last week, he would carve them in little pieces. Well, yeah, the, the ruck actually wasn't important last week for Manly, so it could be a playtime there. Sunday kicks off at Suncorp, a 2 o'clock Suncorp game, Brisbane and the Titans. Uh, where Selwyn Cobbo's been named after missing Origin, but if he's not fit, they've got uh, well, plenty up their sleeve, don't they? Jesse Arthurs and Tristan Saylor and even Dean Mariner if they need him. Uh, but all the Origin players are named here, Walsh, uh, Walsh, Flegler, Hass and Carrigan. They all did the job last time out. They'll probably spend a bit more time on the bench, but the Ford pack they're up against is all backing up in the same way. Mo. Tino and Fafita all named to play. Kieran Foran is named and expected to play as well. Uh, Cleese House goes back to the bench to fit them in. Jaden Campbell is 14. And uh, obviously if any of them drop out, they've got Isaac Fasulmaili, uh, Joe Vuner and Cruz Leeming all on an extended bench. Uh, any hope for the Titans here? They've been starting fast, obviously. Um, I think they've scored first try five out of the last six or seven games, which is interesting considering that they get seem to get run down every week. But mm. um, oh, they need to do a big job to contain this Bronco side. For the, uh, they need to work for 80 minutes, and they haven't done it realistically this year at all. And um, depending what type of centres, uh, if Staggs and Farmworth turn up with, you know, a bit between their teeth and fully engaged in this match, they could absolutely slaughter these two centers for, for the Titans team. And you could end up looking like a 30, 40 plus gap job, to be honest. But um, I expect the forward pack to be a, a this is probably the, the class uh, battle realistically this weekend in the, in the forwards. I think these two match up pretty good. Um, obviously, Broncos do have an edge there, but I think this, this will be on for, for quite a big part of this game until you see the likes of. Um, Tino and maybe Fafita have a spell at some point during this game. Uh, Broncos win, and I, I think they win pretty comfortably. I, I don't hold any great hopes for the Titans, to be honest, even with the, the coach being sacked this week and a new one coming in. I think I think all the damage, as I said, gets done out wide for the Broncos with the likes of Staggs, uh, Cobo and Farnworth all probably scoring tries. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the entire back five score a try each. There's one for, right. for, for, for a bit. Um, but yeah, Broncos will win well, 13 plus. Adam Reynolds, man of the match. Uh, I think Walsh might be a little bit quiet. He'll still have some involvement, but I think it'll be Reynolds that'll be one causing majority of the setting up most of the points in this game. And I'm going to go with Cobo first try. They are coming off the bye too, which they haven't had all year, so a freshen up. Uh, can only be good here for the rest of this team. team. And I agree, the, the Ford Pack does look Ford Pack does look uh Ford Pack Clash does look impressive on paper, so uh we'll get frothing about that soon. But unfortunately it's coming off origin, so mainly last forty five minutes. Uh and it's funny you mention the centers because they just stand out like big shiny beacons looking at the team sheets next to each other. Uh, poor old Aaron Shoup and Phil Sammy might be in for a, a world of hurt out there. Uh, I think Herbie gets a couple and Selwyn with a, you know, I hate saying that, I was going to say too much point to prove, but he's fresh without playing origin. Uh, I think he can get amongst it. I'll get him first try scorer. I'm going to go, I agree, Reynolds will kick him to death. He'll pull the strings as he has all year. But uh, Ezra Mam, as a result, He's been getting more and more involved in his running game, can become dangerous through the middle parts and the back end of this. So I'll give him man of the match. I need to ruin my stats when we give three to uh, Reynolds next Tuesday night. Uh, looking forward to that. Bunnies and the Cowboys wrap it up, uh, which is now a very interesting game. The Cowboys suddenly... Oh, you got one more after this one too. I do too. There's Sunday night, isn't it? Three on Sunday again. Alrighty. So 4.05, we've got uh, Bunnies and Cowboys where Blake Taff is still at one. Cody Walker's in. Uh, Tom Burgess is likely to play. And Davey Mowali is back as well. Damien Cook named to back up, as is Cam Murray. But we'll see what happens there. Uh, potentially, they um, will give him a rest. But uh, they've got Avili on the bench and Mamazelis in the extended bench there. Uh, all the Origin players are backing up for the Cowboys. 
and they look similar to the team that beat the Panthers last week. Um, Tom Lally starts instead of off the bench. Bench. What's that? They're all, they're all on extended bench. So yeah, they should all... Oh, sorry, they should come back in. Sorry, so they'll obviously replace yeah. the likes of um, Laybutt and um, the current bench make up there. So Holmes, Nanai, Cotter will all come back in, and Robson for, I assume, Neem McIntyre and um, Laybutt. Yeah, interesting game, actually. What do you think? Both teams come off the bar, I think. I'm pretty sure they both had a bye last week, didn't they? Yeah, I think so. No, no, um, Cowboys beat Penrith. Oh, sorry, they did too, yes. Um, yeah, the Cowboys getting back to full strength in the middle, um, likes of Tamalolo and Leilua, which adds to another... Um, you've got back-to-back games here where there's going to be some serious uh, physical presence felt in the middle of this field, I think. Interesting, hey, because the Cowboys have just been so hot and cold. Like they're, they're starting to come good, which is interesting. And but South really have only been their, sputtering their along back. for the last month. Yeah, it is quite interesting. So, there's a few concerns. Thomas Burgess back helps uh, South Sydney strengthens that bench up a little bit. Got a few blokes coming off the back of Orange. I think this is going to be extremely close. Actually, this could go to the Cowboys. Um, I just like the, the little Cody Walker with a week's rest, uh, Kevin Graham with a week's rest. I think yeah, it might be might be enough for these guys to. I think there's probably just a touch of touch of class in the outside backs from the Rabbitohs team that the Titans might be missing. Depends if Holmes comes. Like, what, what did Holmes do off the last Origin? Came back and was the best player of the weekend. Yeah, that's right. So if he puts in a performance like that, it could go to the Cowboys. But uh, and, they, and the they've got five days to get over to. Like, it's not like they're just coming around the next yeah, yeah. night. No, it's like playing just a short turnaround the week after. Right there. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Rabbitohs one to twelve. Cody Walker, man of the match. I think um, if they're going to get home, it has to be him realistically. And I'll go for first try scorer. I'm half tempted to go with Bellamy because he's just been scoring tries for fun for the Cowboys, but I'm going to go with uh, I'll go with Keon, my man in the, the back row there, to score the first try for the Rabbitohs. Yeah, there's a big part of me screaming to tip the Cowboys here, like really, yeah. really tempting. If, <laughs> if they're full strength, they look a stronger team on paper. To be honest, uh, yeah. I'm yeah, fuck it. I'm going to hit the Cowboys one to twelve. Uh, uh, they might just gas out here, Oops. especially if, if Murray and uh, Cook don't play, I will. Uh, yeah, yeah. If they do, then I will give it – I may even change back to South in the official PCTC comp. But uh, on the record, the Cowboys 1-12. I'm going to say first try scorer is Aetas. He will continue his really great form the last six weeks. Uh, and man the match, if they're going to win, I suggest it's going to be – uh, Scott Drinkwater again. He's the key to all their points here. And if they're going to find 20, 24 of them, uh, he'll be involved in 18. So going with that, uh, yeah, I can see big games from Nano. I can see Nano bouncing off that game and having a monster game here. But uh, we'll see what happens as we wrap up round 17 with the Roosters and Raiders at Allianz, where Luke Keary didn't break his head, but uh, is still in doubt. Yeah. Uh, apparently, all still attached here. Joe Manu is at centre with uh, Sandon Smith and Kiri officially named, but I assume Manu will go to six. Should that not happen? Because I oh know Audrey Hutchinson will come in, who is on an extended bench. Uh, Zach Docker Clay also named on an extended bench. Uh, he might even leapfrog him there. Teddy and Lindsay Collins both named. Tupanua has been named and apparently has a badly corked thigh. Hudson Young will probably play from. The Raiders, uh, as they keep the same team that they put out last week uh, and got beaten. Uh, what are we doing here with this Raiders team? That do they just re- hit the Roosters at the right time? I hate this game. Yeah, absolutely. This reeks of a trap. But I don't know who's being like, trapped. I, don't I think the Raiders win in the forwards. Um, Probably not comfortably, but like because oh, Victor Radley's back too. He's a guy. 
Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> um, Egan, Butcher, Tupanua, like, if they play at their best, the Raiders can, uh, the Roosters can win this forward battle, but on consistency and um, output, the, the Raiders have been much better forward pack this year, so I'd tip them to be a better forward pack. But the outside backs for the Raiders in recent times have been pretty bad. Like, Sebastian Chris has fallen off the, the face of the earth. Broker had a game to forget in his 300th uh, in defence. Tomoko here and there and all over the place. Not that the Roosters have been any better. So <laughs> exactly. it's just really hard one to line up. I'm going to go with the Roosters. I liked what I saw out of Sandon Smith at halfback last week. Um, Manu back in the centres. Teddy back at fullback. It's been all sorts of confused all year, but um, the bench to me probably swings it to the Roosters as well. There's a little bit more size and strength in that that Roosters bench than what I see coming off the Raiders bench. So I'm going to go with Roosters 1-12. to Man of the match, I'm going to give it to Manu. I think he might just settle him back into that centre position. He's going to be probably the, one of their biggest points of attack for the for the game. And I'll go first try score on Manu as well. Look, ultimately, Roosters should have probably got done by the Knights last week. Uh, before that, I declared I'd never tip them again until I see. Otherwise, they didn't, so I'll just stick to my word and be proven wrong before I do. Uh, but for all the reasons you've just said, you, you're, you're, you're right in what you've said, so I'm not, uh, not disputing anything there. Uh, if the Raiders are going to win, I'm going to say Jamal Fogarty's kicking game and uh, just his general effort is going to be the point of difference, so he'll get me out of the match. First try scorer, let's go with uh, Rapana out wide. Hopefully him and Tomoko get a bit more of a tail up there. And Billy Smith uh, hasn't had the best month of his career. That said, it's been a pretty unlucky career to date, uh, given he spent a lot, most of it in casts. True. Poor bugger. But uh, Tomoko is big and strong and can bully him should he get the chance. Uh, you want a sec for your, your bettings? Yeah, please, mate. Our punting disaster class. What's doing, Barn? A disaster. We haven't had a winner between us for about eight weeks, ten weeks, I think. So <laughs> we're going well, obviously. Minus $472.50 for me. Minus $460 for yourself. Cool. Uh, well, let's get I'm some. Gonna but... go... Yeah, you get it back first. Go. Yeah. I'll do my best. I'm going to go with the two games that I... The only two games I could see possibly being an upset this weekend is the Raiders and the Cowboys. Going to put both of them together head to head and get you seven dollars thirty. Have ten dollars on that. Warriors thirteen plus. Chance Nickel Clockstad and Dallin Wateni Zelesniak anytime try scorers seven dollars fifty. I'm going to put twenty dollars on that. And then I'm going to go with. Oh, I've got two more. Sorry, Storm Broncos Warriors all thirteen plus. Ten dollars at eleven fifty. And Penrith, Parramatta, and Souths, all one to twelve, ten dollars at twenty-seven dollars and eighty cents. Beauty. Uh, I'm going to throw out some uh, try score multis for the weekend in the Warriors game. Wade Egan, uh, DWZ, and Luke Metcalf all across the line. Give us ten bucks on that at twenty-three dollars. Uh, Parramatta. Let's get some points. Gutho, Panasini, Izako, Lane. Should he be there all to score? You're getting a. Uh, just about 40 bucks there. I think it's 40 and change. Nick Meaney, Will Warbrick, Xavier Coates, all to score in the Melbourne game. 20 bucks on that. It's $6.85. I think we call it seven off air. And uh, Cobbo, Herbie, Mam, Stags, 10 bucks on that for them all to score at $16. It's got your frothing. Oh, for me, it's Sunday afternoon into, into Sunday evening. Those two forward battles that I mentioned, uh, sorry, not Sunday, Saturday night. Uh, you got the Broncos, Broncos up against the Titans. I expect that to be a fantastic forward battle. And then uh, what was the next one? The Bunnies. Uh, yeah, sorry. And then South Sydney up against the Cowboys forward back. I think those two. Those two games will well and truly be decided by the battle. Look at watching those two games back to back. They were the two I uh, had thought of. So just for something different, I'm going to go with the car crash Sunday night. I can see that being, I don't know what to expect it being. Uh, so anywhere between yep. 40 nil each way or the worst game of the year, I don't know, but we're going to find out. 
And really looking forward to seeing the Warriors put the foot down tomorrow on a sample to score on, entertain and, and really stamp themselves as a comp challenger. Yep. Thank you, David. Lovely. Anything else? Good time, mate. Yeah, all good. Thank you, guys. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com.au. Buy some uh, of those sexy beanies you see atop Barney's head. Uh, we've got shirts. We've got stubby holders. We've got uh, steins, all sorts of good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, subscribe to YouTube, subscribe to Spotify. Check out our socials, Instagram and Facebook. Shoot us a message or leave us a comment, as uh, lots of uh, fine people have done recently, and tell us what you like, don't like, and what you'd like us to talk about. Be good, guys. Be good to each other, and we'll talk soon.